0: Ah, it feels good to be back and welcome to all of you back inside CFL 60 for another season here on TSN 1290. I want to give a big shout out to our new title sponsor this season, Fat Panda Vape Shops. Good people over there, pop by and say hi, fatpanda.ca Wow, what a season 2018 is shaping up to be in the Canadian Football League, both here in Winnipeg and across the entire Canadian football landscape. It was one of the busiest and most active off-seasons in the history of this 60-year-old league. And we have a Great Cup champion from the East. Well, once again, a powerhouse, ultra-competitive West Division, it surely will be. And a team right here in Winnipeg that, well, despite an injury hiccup at quarterback one week ago has made some significant moves to build on their back-to-back double-digit win playoff-bound seasons. Still searching for that first playoff win since 2011, but they once again embark on a path to that ultimate goal, and that's to hoist Earl Grey's cherished chalice as it has been annually 105 times before. But as much as we will look back, Here on CFL 60, this program will look ahead to the games, the players, the playmakers, and the coaches with insight, analysis, and opinion from the personalities considered to be the best in the business. This is CFL 60 and really looking forward to getting show number one of the 2018 season underway. Coming up on the program tonight, and we will look back every Wednesday night all season long, we're going to look forward to Sarah Orleski joining me in just a couple minutes' time. Of course, we'll be seeing a lot of Sarah and her colleagues on the CFL on TSN with the season set to kick off Thursday night. And we'll get her take on the upcoming season and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers in a little bit later. I had a really fantastic opportunity to speak to one of the people who plays a critical behind-the-scenes role in CFL management and player personnel, an individual who holds a job title we don't normally get to hear from too often, and that's the Winnipeg Blue Bombers' new director of national scouting, Ryan Rigmaiden. We discuss his new role in Winnipeg, what he looks for in scouting, new CFL talent coming north of the border, and if he played a role and I know a lot of people are curious about this, in so many former BC Lions now donning blue and gold. Of course, Ryan Rigmaiden spent the last six years in a similar role with the BC Lions. Uh, But this week, it was, well, it was a very newsworthy week following that non-contact injury to Matt Nichols in practice a week ago. And I will mention this, saw him on the field Today, during Blue Bombers walkthrough in civilian clothes, uh, the trademark Matt Nichols backwards hat and hoodie uh, and walking with just a wrap on his right knee. So that four to six week timeline looks pretty legit. He looks to be okay, And of course, we're going to look ahead to how the Blue Bombers tread water or survive this first four to six weeks of the season without their M.O.P. from the last two years So here we are, all eyes on a true rookie, a new number 17 pivot in town, a 23-year-old set to make his professional football debut. Chris Streveler enters rarefied air in the CFL as the first true straight-out-of-college quarterback to start Week 1 in the CFL since 1994. And that instance... 24 seasons ago was a man we are all very familiar with, Anthony Calvillo, and his first year with the Las Vegas Posse in their solitary season of existence in the Canadian Football League. Now, Calvillo and the Posse, they only won a handful of games that year, and the eventual Hall of Famer went 44% passing that season while throwing 13 touchdowns and 15 interceptions. It's never an easy road for a young quarterback, and it would never be, uh, it'll never be an easy road for for a quarterback. It, It would be six years and two teams later before Anthony Calvillo would earn his first division all star nod, and eight years, 2002, before Calvillo was a league all star here in the CFL. But Chris Streveler is not Anthony Calvillo, and nobody should expect him to be. But hey, who knows? Maybe Streveler will be able to carve out a nice professional career. And I know a lot of fans here in Winnipeg want to see it happen. And he'd be fortunate to have one that even falls short of Anthony Calvillo's, as he will remain arguably the greatest quarterback in CFL history. I'd probably put Doug Flutie in that conversation as well. But Streveller clearly has the physical tools. And by many accounts, that, uh, you know, uh, many accounts we'll hear on the show tonight as well, he has the medal. The confidence and the intellect to succeed in professional football. What else do we know of Streveler? He's six foot three, two hundred and twenty pounds. That's a pretty, uh, that's a pretty decent measurable. And frankly, the guy runs like a wide receiver. It's been beyond impressive to watch through training camp. I remember before he signed with the Blue Bombers, he was here just working out casually after the rookie camp workouts, throwing to Manitoba Bisons on the field at, at IGF. Very strong arm. He can hurl it. Throwing that wide side out is not going to be a problem up here in Canada for Chris Treveller He had some interest from NFL teams. He worked out for the Chicago Bears. He grew up in the Chicagoland area, so that's probably where they heard of him. But over and over, the more people I ask about Chris Streveler, they bring up his impressive command in the huddle for being such a young player, and they bring up his intelligence. He finished his kinesiology degree early at the University of Minnesota, just three years, and he finished his university degree. How about that? And then after playing some quarterback for the Gophers, started one game, he was no longer in the plans. They brought in some other quarterbacks, and they said, "Well, Chris." Maybe you want to play somewhere else, or maybe you just want to be a reserve quarterback. So he begged his coaches to just get on the field. His physical and athletic gifts, they allowed him to play tight end, fullback, receiver for the Minnesota Gophers. And then because he was finished that degree early, Chris Streveler was granted immediate transfer status to the University of South Dakota. And there he started his second degree, a master's, and he finished it in sports management. And now he's just five credits short of his second master's degree. Streveller told me uh, about a week ago, him and his father discussed options for him playing football after high school. And they looked at Ivy League schools because he knows if he went to an Ivy League school, he would for sure have a job coming out of college. He's always had his head on straight. Now he is putting that on the back burner for now and exploring his professional football life. So there he was. Two degrees, working on his third, and all the while, he's lighting up the FCS, the football championship subdivision of the NCAA with the South Dakota Coyotes. In two seasons, he threw for 6,081 yards, 54 touchdowns, and just 17 interceptions. He was nearly 64% passing the football in those two years. And he he also compiled 1,551 rushing yards and 20 touchdowns on the ground, while running a no-huddle offense for those two seasons. That earned him some national recognition, as you can imagine, to no surprise, and he was named a runner-up for the Walter Payton Award for the most outstanding offensive player in the FCS. So now we look ahead to Thursday night, The Edmonton Eskimos are in town. It's a rematch of the East Division semifinal last year here in Winnipeg. Of course, Edmonton came out victorious in that one. This will be a week one matchup between two good friends in head coach Jason Moss and head coach Mike O'Shea. We'll be talking a lot about Chris Streveler on the show tonight. We'll hear from Andrew Harris, Paul Lapolice, Buck Pierce and Chris Streveler himself. And believe me, there is a whole lot more to come. Sarah Orleski joins me next. This is CFL 60, brought to you by Fat Panda Vape Shops, and we are live on TSN 1290. Welcome back inside CFL 60. We are live on TSN 1290 from the Royal Sports Studio here at headquarters Place is buzz. Looking forward to, well, it's a big night Thursday night. It's the kickoff of the 2018 CFL season. It's happening right here in Winnipeg as the Blue Bombers host the Edmonton Eskimos. And it's the earliest first regular season game in the history of the CFL, going back to 1994, a game between Toronto and Saskatchewan. And, uh, of course... When it comes to the CFL on TSN, familiar face and a familiar voice. Looking forward to uh, uh, our conversation as she joins the program. Sarah Orleski, how are you, Sarah?
1: I'm doing great. How are you doing tonight?
0: I'm doing very well. Looking forward to to talking with you. I know you're extremely busy. We appreciate your time. Uh, We talk about... uh, the TSN 1290 studios being a buzz investors group field, you and all of your colleagues at the CFL on TSN a buzz as well. There's a lot of excitement in the air, a lot of, uh, a lot of things happening. I imagine you're looking forward to getting back into uh, the football side of things after a very busy year for, for you uh, covering hockey,
2: of course.
1: Yeah, certainly it went longer than we've seen yeah. in previous years, years, but for the combination of the long jets, playoff run combined with the early CFL start has left a shorter window than what I usually have in between the two leagues that I cover most often but definitely I've been looking forward to the CFL being back I've been chomping at the bit like so much of the CFL fans out there just waiting to find out you know what we're going to see in this 2018 season because I think there's so many intriguing storylines obviously with the Bombers but then throughout the entire week so it's great to know that it'll kick off tomorrow.
0: Absolutely. You know, I think you touched on something that uh, I think a lot of hardcore CFL fans know, and, and that's just the busy off-season that it was in the CFL. You know, there there was um, uh, talk of expansion to Atlantic Canada. Of course, CFL Week was here in Winnipeg. There was lots of, uh, you know, intrigue about uh, Johnny Football, Johnny Manziel, uh, whether he or not he was going to come north and, and join the CFL and the Hamilton Tiger Cats. But I, I want to start with you, Uh, Your your perspective here in Winnipeg and and the Blue Bombers coming off another double-digit win season, 11 wins in 2016, 12 wins in 2017, still searching for that first playoff win since 2011. And just the additions this team has made both on offense and defense, I imagine that's caught your attention that this team is is really putting together a a drive for a Grey Cup this year.
1: I think that it's caught everybody's attention around the league. It would be very difficult for it not to have with the additions that they made. And so obviously the storyline that nobody expected was the fact that Matt Nichols is going to be sidelined, which is so unfortunate for this group when, you know, the good news you look at is that it's expected to only be in that four to six week window. And so it's not as long-term as what was maybe originally feared, but, the idea that this group is, I think, the most talented team that we've seen here in years, and certainly since Mike O'Shea took over. And I think that there's so much promise. And for me, I'm looking forward to seeing the additions. I mean, up front, or on the offensive side of the ball, certainly, but defensively, I think that there's been so much discussion, especially about middle linebacker position, in recent seasons here in Winnipeg. And I know from speaking to Adam Big Hill. Today, when we did our TSN sit-down interviews, just how excited he is to get back at it and how he's got that chip and a little bit of that nastiness to his game back from playing down in the NFL and is looking forward to bringing it here, and I think that it's something that Bombers fans are going
0: to love. Absolutely, and you know, let's talk about the additions on offense, you know, not to to negate at all the defense, and you mentioned Adam Big Hill. I think Chandler Fenner is a name, people here in Winnipeg mm-hmm. are going to learn really quickly, but when you look at the offensive side of the ball, and you have two all-star tackles, and Jamarcus Hardrick and Stanley Bryant, who was the most outstanding offensive lineman in the entire league last year, continuity on that interior of that offensive line. Paul Apolice back, Matt Nichols back, although we'll have to wait for uh, four to six weeks to see him. But then adding pieces in that receiving core in Nick Dembski coming back to his hometown, Winnipeg. He's played some pretty good football on uh, Investors Group Field Turf in his time with the Manitoba Bisons. And then Adarius Bowman, maybe a bit of a down year, Sarah, but he's still a heck of a football player. And I know you know this. He brings a lot of energy every single day.
1: (laughs) certainly does. There is no shortage of personality and energy when you are talking about Adarius Darius Bowman. And I think that you said it, he didn't have the season that he would have liked last year, having to deal with the injury that he did and then not being utilized, being the same sort of way before with all the weapons that Edmonton Eskimos had. But you think of the talent that he is and that even though obviously he's on the back nine of the career, that he still has is that offensive weapon and has the ability to make those big catches and put up the big yards now. And so to be able to have that weapon for Matt Nichols will be great, but I think having also, when you look in the shorter term and you look very micro at what we're looking at week one, and for him to be able to be another veteran in this CFL game for Chris Strebler to draw upon and to utilize, I think will be key. But for those fans that maybe didn't know Adarius when he was here before. He's matured a lot. He will say that himself, that being around Mike Riley and being in that Eskimos environment, he's a different Adarius Bowman off the field. And the way that he approaches the game on the field is different as well than when he was here before. But he has a bit of unfinished business, he feels. And he's looking forward to being able to, as he put it, he wants to be able to bring the Blue Bombers that very elusive Gray Cup wants to be a part of it. So I think fans will absolutely love
0: a Darius Bowman. TSN's Sarah Orleski joining us here on CFL 60. The CFL on TSN season kicks off Thursday night right here in Winnipeg with the Edmonton Eskimos and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers kicking off at 7.30 Central Time. Uh, Sarah, you, you mentioned Bowman, you mentioned Big Hill. Those are, like, those are some pretty respected, high-caliber veterans. Mm-hmm. You add that to, to Matt Nichols, Weston Dressler, Chris Randall, Andrew Harris, there is a lot of leadership in this locker room. And and I think it's been apparent for years now that Michael Shea values that extremely highly.
1: Oh, absolutely. That there is certain, Michael Shea looks for certain characteristics in terms of leadership and just the quality of person that he's bringing into his locker room. And I think that we've seen that this uh, roster continue to evolve and how important That is to him, and the culture that he has tried to bring in and establish here with the Bombers. And I think that this year, and I know, I mean, we mentioned it just a couple of months ago, but this is a year to get excited about the potential for this Bomber Squad. I think that, you know, we've been waiting for them to be able to take that next step to be up in the elite of the West Division. And whether or not they're able to take that step this year, they certainly have you know, work cut out for them, and we will see how they're able to handle the Edmonton Eskimos in week one. But I think that when you look on paper, that just the talent that they have, the leadership that they have, this is a group that certainly has the potential uh, to be able to take that next step.
0: Yeah, I tend to agree, Sarah. Um, it's going to be an absolute dogfight in this West Division this year. I'll leave you on this one because I'm curious. Um, you know, I read the press releases. I talked to you and some other people around TSN. There's a lot happening on the CFL on, on TSN this year. What can we expect to see, not just Thursday night, but, but through the entirety of the 2018 season?
1: Well, everybody's so excited for this season to kick off for us, and there have been changes to the way that we're going to present Thursday night uh, games and so try to freshen up a little bit and try to bring in new uh, different whether it be different people and personalities that are going to be joining our panel or we've incorporated uh, different things from on-site with every Thursday night game and but beyond that I mean you know storytelling is one of the things that we love to do at TSN and with our group and Although there are great stories in every league, I argue that some of the best stories that you'll find in professional sports are the ones that are in the CFL. And so this year, again, we will go our way to make sure that all of the CFL fans out there are not only well-informed of everything leading up to the game, during the game, but want to be able to tell the stories because there are so many interesting uh, personalities and so many different paths that players have taken here. And we know how much people love the love I think that fans have for the CFL is just so authentic, mm-hmm. raw. And so if you're a CFL fan, then it's usually one of those ones I find that you are all in and you want to know everything about it. And so TSN here is certainly, I think every year, you're going to try to make sure that we bring it all to you and you learn as much as you can about all of the different teams and players in this league.
0: No doubt about that. Sarah, always great talking to you. Thanks so much for taking the time today because I know you're busy ahead of tomorrow's kickoff to the 2018 season in the CFL on TSN. Thanks for this. We'll see you tomorrow night. Sounds great. Sarah Orleski of TSN joining us. She's had a very busy 2017 and 2018. Of course, the Winnipeg Jets making the deep playoff run, doing great work uh, on uh, That's Hockey and and, uh, TSN's hockey uh, offerings on television and then of course uh, now here she is getting ready for a new season of canadian football live coast to coast Pretty much every night on TSN. Still to come, we're going to hear from Chris Streveler, a couple of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers veterans and coaches on what they see and expect to see from the Blue Bombers rookie starting quarterback Thursday night and my conversation with Blue Bombers director of college scouting, Ryan Rigmaiden. Still to come and a whole lot more. This is CFL 60 brought to you by Fat Panda Vape Shops. We are live on TSN 1290. Welcome back inside CFL 60. We are live on TSN 1290. you miss any of the show, check out the podcast, tsn1290.ca. Click podcasts. That'll take you to a link to the iTunes page. You can search us on iTunes, on SoundCloud. Of course, you got to listen live. It's Wednesday night. It's time for CFL 60. Here on TSN 1290. All season long through the playoffs to Grey Cup 106. We will be here back uh, every Wednesday night on your home of sports in Winnipeg. TSN 1290. There's been a lot of conversation amongst people and fans following the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Can this team turn the corner on defense and figure out a way? I like to call it the Goldilocks zone. Balance. Balance. The amount of takeaways this defense has produced over the last two seasons 101 takeaways through 2016 and 2017. That number is off the charts. You want to keep that, but then you also want to limit the explosion plays, limit the huge amount of pass yards this Blue Bombers defense has allowed the last two seasons. They made some changes in the defensive secondary. Chris Randall, he signed a free agent contract to remain. Maurice Leggett, still recovering from that torn Achilles, not going to be in the lineup Thursday night as the Blue Bombers kick off their season. And then they bring in Chandler Fenner. And Sarah Oleski and I just talked about that last segment, how, well, I have no doubt people in Winnipeg will quickly learn who number 22 Chandler Fenner is. This guy is a Swiss Army knife. He can play corner, halfback, safety if he needs to, but he's going to be the strong side linebacker or the dimeback, as some football people like to call it. Thursday night, and they add in Craig Rowe on defensive end. They keep Tristan Apala-Hugo and Jackson Jeffcoat. Drake Nevis is back again. Corey Poop-Johnson is back again. I love this front four the Winnipeg Blue Bombers have. Bringing back Jake Thomas last minute, deciding to cut Faith the Kakati. Brandon Alexander's back again. Anthony Gator is a new addition to this defensive secondary. And there are some other changes as well. Including middle linebacker Adam Big Hill, pretty much a perennial All Star in the CFL through six seasons, was named the 2015 Most Outstanding Defensive Player in the CFL, and rightfully so. That year, he played middle linebacker. Solomon Elamimian was in the National Football League, and Adam Big Hill. Filled in where they needed him at middle linebacker. You talk about Chandler Fenner, Fenner being a Swiss Army knife. Adam Big Hill can do it all. He can rush the quarterback. He can drop into pass coverage. He's played too high safety. He can rush off the edge. He can play strong side linebacker. He can play middle or weak side. And that 2015 season where he was the best defensive player in the entire CFL, he had a league-high 117 tackles. The Blue Bombers... Were able to sign him to a one-year, one hundred seventy-five thousand dollars contract. That's a heck of a bargain for someone like Adam Big Hill. Believe me, but it was late in the game. There was four CFL teams bidding for Adam Big Hill's services, and it came down to a conversation Adam Big Hill and Mike O'Shea had following Adam Big Hill's rookie season in one of his first games in the CFL, playing a lot of special teams for the BC Lions. They were in Toronto. Mike O'Shea was the special teams coordinator, and well, O'Shea said, well, you know, I got a plan for this, this player, this number 44 on, D, on, on special teams. This guy's a rookie. I don't even know who this guy is. So after the game, Mike O'Shea goes up to Adam Bighill, introduces himself, and they have a conversation. And Mike O'Shea expresses how much he respects the way Adam Big Hill plays football. And that moment back in 2011 is something Adam Bighill never forgot. And he wanted to come to Winnipeg and play for head coach Mike O'Shea. He is ready for his Blue Bombers debut Thursday night against Edmonton, a New Jersey number, shedding a number four from 44. Now he'll just wear the solitary number four, and he will be a huge piece in the middle of this Blue Bombers defense. Here's my conversation with the Blue Bombers new middle linebacker, Adam Big Hill. Here with Adam Big Hill. looking forward to uh, week one and the beginning of your Blue Bombers career. Uh, I guess the first question I'll ask you is is how you would describe this defense and what you've gleaned from it uh, since you came here a couple of weeks ago.
3: I mean, uh, I think the first thing I really think about is fast, furious, and aggressive. I mean, um, we got guys that just run to the ball and 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 have the speed and athleticism. Even up front, we got guys that. Are explosive off the ball and can run, and um, you know when when teams kind of see that on tape of guys just flying to the ball, it can you know it really can be a little bit uh, you know overwhelming. Like guys, these guys just don't stop, and that's kind of some of the first things I've seen is that we have those guys that do that.
0: Some other some of your teammates on defensive have talked about the versatility. You're somebody that's shown versatility in, in throughout your CFL career to to be able to at least line up at a lot of different positions. But I think that is something that kind of spreads throughout the entirety of this defensive twelve.
3: Yeah, uh, and, and, and Richie, I think, has seen that and, and, and has put us in positions to kind of use our skill sets, which is, I mean, ultimately what your, your coach you know, should be doing, but he's doing a fantastic job of, of giving guys opportunities to use their unique skill sets, and, and the fact that we do have the versatility means that we can, we can create different looks and create different uh, situations that are in favor of us.
0: Maybe not surprised, but has anything caught your attention since coming to Winnipeg that maybe you didn't expect?
3: <sighs> Didn't expect. I mean, you know. I mean, I, I guess from my experience with the Lions, and and uh, now compared to being here, it's just, it is nice to be in your training facility slash in your home stadium yeah. the entire time. You know, you practice on the field, you play on. Your gear is in the same locker that you will use at the home games, and sure. your meeting rooms are here. So, like the familiarity and just everyday coming to work is um, just maybe more streamlined. You know, a little bit more. Um, easy because of just the less thinking the less travel less uh, coordinating we have to do to kind of you know are we having not walked through downtown at the stadium or are we doing it at, you know like a facility you know everything's right here which is great
0: looking towards edmonton and, and week one we know they have a very strong offensive line a lot of weapons around their quarterback uh, mike riley i imagine it all starts with number 13
3: yeah, I mean, Mike really makes our offense go. I mean, um, you know, I played with him in college. I played with him at the BC. I played against him for a number of years. And, you know, I know Mike really well. And I've always known he's a great leader and a great player. And, and so it's no no surprise to me when, you know, he took the CFL by storm. And, um, you know, so, I mean, he's definitely a guy you got to stop. He's a guy that can use his feet. He's, he can throw it deep. He's got a strong arm. He's smart, you know. You know, we've just got to make it tough on him. we got to make him uncomfortable in the pocket, and we got to be able to roll up on him when he runs out. I mean, you know, he's playing so you can't let 13 be comfortable.
0: Preseason now in the rear view, and we look ahead to uh, week one here at Investors Group Field. What do you want to show these Blue Bomber fans in your first game as a Winnipeg Blue Bomber?
3: You know, I, I just want to, you know, ultimately just do my job and be consistent, you know. I mean, that's that's the most I can ask for is, you know, great out 100% as far as my assignment, what I'm supposed to do. I mean, but other than that, you know, I... I always try to use my skill set, my experience to make maybe some plays that other people may not be able to make. And, you know, I think those things will show up on, uh, you know, in the stands. People will be able to see, you know, like me flying the ball and and kind of saying, you know, the common thing people tell me is like, where did you come from on that play? So, you know, those are the kinds of things I like to showcase is just my ability to be around the ball. Thanks, Adam. Yeah, appreciate it.
0: Number four, Adam Big Hill, ahead of his debut Thursday night against Edmonton and uh, a lot of people, myself included. This could be just what the doctor ordered to solidify this Blue Bombers defense. Of course, they're going to need better work on the defensive backfield with Chris Randall and uh, uh, many others, but Chris Randall, they call him the captain. He is really the emotional leader uh, of that uh, defensive secondary Um Michael Shea, he was asked about Adam Big Hill and the defense and where they want to see Winnipeg improve in 2018.
4: I mean, one play at the right time., you know, I thought our defense, you know, I don't we don't like to look in the past too much, but you're asking the question. I don't get to where we're getting to by not being good in all three phases. There were some really great things that we've done over the last couple of years, and a couple of things that weren't so good. So we need to be better at the things that we weren't so good at, but we need to continue being great at the things we are great at. We've added a few different guys. We've made a few changes here and there. We've spent a lot of time in the offseason talking about what would be different and how it would be different, and uh, we've tried to implement that through through camp. But what remains is we want to be physical and we want to take the ball away. What has to change is we obviously don't want to give up the big plays. Imagine if we can stop a couple more big plays a game. You'll see, should see a difference in games. But we did, we have won a lot of games. And what uh, has Adam Bakehill done, and what will he do in your expectation to help get? There? Adam Bechel is going to hold everybody accountable. You know, he is that leader that will make sure that we're communicating, that we're doing it right. Guys are putting in the time. That they get out in the field and they're running around and they're they're playing good hard football then add in all the stuff he's going to do personally on the field you know he can he can play a bunch of different positions you can put him in different situations you can put him in really difficult situations and he's going to figure out how to do it yeah he's a hell of a football player does
3: he stay on the field for all packages then he- i don't
4: know about that you know you, you whatever's and you know i'm sure if you ask adam this whatever the team needs is going to be his first answer
0: that's head coach Mike O'Shea. On Adam Hill, his new middle linebacker, and uh, this gives a lot of versatility to this Blue Bombers defense. Their work is going to be cut out for them. Week one, I don't know if they're going to have to make up or play differently or have more expected of them because the Blue Bombers are going to be without Matt Nichols, but their work is going to be cut out for them. They got the MOP, Mike Riley, on the other side of the field and a heck of an offensive line very talented tailback that can do it all in CJ Gable and a receiving core that touts. Well, I, I think Duke Williams is an emerging star receiver in this league. No more Brandon Zilstra, but they do have Darrell Walker who, uh, well, back from the national football league after two all-star seasons in the CFL. He is legit. And, uh, somebody I know, uh, is going to, uh, make some things happen in the game on Thursday night. Uh, But for Chris Streveler, it is good news as far as what he will be facing. Yeah, J.C. Sherrett's in the heart of this defense back after a torn ACL, uh, eliminated his entire 2017 season. You got Armando Sewell, maybe the strongest man in the CFL at defensive tackle, coming right up the gut every single play. But the defensive backfield in Edmonton is banged up right now. Arjun Calhoun, Johnny Adams, Aaron Grimes, all out of the lineup for the Edmonton Eskimos Thursday night. Uh, so essentially, I had Jerry modjong of uh, Post Media in Edmonton tell me this is essentially going to be the same defensive backfield that Chris Streveler faced in the first preseason game. Remember that game? Streveler went 10 of 10 passing for 140 yards, including an 80-yard touchdown strike to the now-released Miles White. Uh, lots more to come on the program. I wanted to get to Buck Pierce and Paul Apolice and what they see in Chris Streveler. But as is the case, sometimes in came Jason Moss this afternoon as the Edmonton Eskimos landed in Winnipeg, and he had phenomenal insight on what he sees in a rookie quarterback and the unique challenges at hand for the Edmonton Eskimos in facing a rookie quarterback. But up next, my conversation with the Blue Bombers director of college scouting, Ryan Rigmaiden. This is CFL 60, brought to you by Fat Panda Vape Shops. We are live on TSN 1290. Welcome back inside CFL 60. We are live on TSN 1290. And I had an opportunity to speak with the Blue Bombers new director of college scouting, Ryan Rigmaiden. And at the time, the Blue Bombers, when they, they sent out their press release, Ryan Rigmaiden joined the Blue Bombers after six years at the BC Lions. They called him the director of college scouting. He's now the, or, or pardon me. Uh, he is now the director of college scouting. So just want to clarify that uh, as, as I miss, uh, I mismention his um, job title in this interview, but a very insightful conversation I had with Ryan Rigmaiden and uh, here it is on CFL 60. Ryan, really appreciate you taking the time and joining us uh, on CFL 60. I guess we can start with um, who you are and uh, your
2: role within the Winnipeg Blue Bombers since signing on over the winter. Sure. I'm Ryan Rigmaiden. I'm the director of college scouting with the Bombers originally from Spokane, Washington, but make North Carolina my home now. And uh, myself, Ted Gavaya, Danny McManus, and obviously Kyle Walters, we uh, uh, are the, the scouting department here.
0: What is your um, section in the United States that that you focus on as far as I know Danny kind of handles the southeast area. Ted seems to kind of be all over the place a little bit as far as running all of the uh, uh, free agent camps and and workouts. But uh, where do you focus on and and where do you look for talent?
2: Yeah, you know, being in North Carolina, it's an excellent area for football. So Danny being in Florida, you're exactly right. He's doing a lot of the southeast. We overlap a little bit and then I focus more on the northeast you're right about ted ted's everywhere and him being in toronto he's got to fly everywhere so his schedule is a little bit crazy but uh the reality is we're all doing stuff over the nation as well so we've we've all been doing this a long time you build up uh, uh friendships and, and networks and and you're constantly reaching out to them you're constantly going to the nfl training camps and we're doing our own free agent camps um obviously in the fall you're you're hitting up all the, the local schools and and you know, filling out your reports. So we all do a lot of everything, but me being based in in North Carolina, the kind of I'd say the Mid Atlantic to the Northeast is what I'm primarily focused on.
0: So you spent the last six seasons with the BC Lions, and, and since coming over to Winnipeg, I'm curious football wise what's been your focus what have the um you know the needs of this team or the approach of this team been in in your role as a scout
2: sure you know i mean uh, every team's going to have different needs depending on how free agency went or you know how the how the previous personnel was at at each position this year we focused on on several positions but you're always going to be looking for quarterbacks you're always going to be looking for pass rushers there were some positions that we wanted to hit um very hard uh this year um i think we've done that um You know, as you're stacking your board and and looking at your roster, there are going to be holes. Every team's going to have holes, and it's our job to fill them.
0: It seems like over the last four years under Kyle Walters, uh, just watching that progression and the roster change, I imagine one of those areas, one of those position groups you guys focused on this year was receiver.
2: Yeah, it was. And, you know, receiver is one of those positions where finding the guy that can do everything, that has the complete skill set, is tough. You know, you look at the rosters across the league. Uh, There are very few players that can do everything. You know, I mean, they've got the speed to get deep. They've got the toughness. They've got the hands and the route running ability. Um, Finding that one guy is hard. So, you know, when you build your wide receiver unit, you want it to be kind of like a basketball team. You know, you've got your power forward, you've got your guard, you've got your quick point guard, you've got those types of things. And I think when you look at our roster, you see that a little bit. You've got some size with, with some players, you've got quickness with with others. Uh, some of the guys truly do have the skill set of being that that X-type wide receiver that can do it all. So there's some young guys that are competing right now that have that skill set, and we're really excited about them.
0: Ryan... Um when it comes to scouting for the Canadian Football League, I imagine it's markedly different than American football or where you used to be a general manager with the Spokane Shock, the Arena League. What sort of skill sets, and I imagine it, it's, it varies greatly between position groups, but what sort of skill sets do you look for in a player playing
2: 11-man American football that can transfer to this Canadian game? Well, you're always looking for bigger, stronger, faster. Uh, I don't care what position that is. Uh, in the arena league, like you just talked about, you know that league is much more predominantly a power game. So um, the offensive and defensive linemen are usually bigger, stronger. Uh, they might not have the athleticism that, that some of the guys out here have. You know, Being on the big field, these guys are going to have to run. With a 20-second play clock, they'd better be able to run. So um, you're always looking for speed and explosion, Um clearly different positions have different traits that you're looking at there are some similarities with with the AFL but the biggest difference is length you know in the AFL you're it, it is a power game you're looking for longer guys out here you're always looking for length as well but usually you're going to lean towards athleticism and speed
0: blue bombers national scout ryan Rigmaiden joining us on cfl 60 Of course, the National Football League is a very different schedule and, and, you know, they're through OTAs and looking towards their training camp in a couple months. What's your role now through the rest
2: of of the summer? Evaluating our guys and picking the best team that that, that we can feel to win a Grey Cup. You're also looking at the other CFL teams. If if they're going to make a cut that maybe you feel like that player is better than than who you have, you've got to evaluate them. Uh, we've been in meetings, uh, I mean, nonstop since, since we've got here. And, you know, you're planning your NFL schedule for the, for the fall. You're talking about your NAG list. You're thinking about those kind of changes. You're trying to project what is going to be available, what your future holes are going to be as well, not only just for now, because there's always a balance of trying to win now, but also you've got to have an eye toward the future. So you're thinking about all those variables. You're, you're juggling a lot of balls, and uh, you've got to make sure that, that you're being thorough with the process.
0: Ryan, I'll leave you on this one. I really appreciate your time today because uh, you're you're clearly a busy man when it comes to, you know, uh, a new role here in Winnipeg. Um, And that's uh, a position here in Winnipeg fans are are always asking about and always looking towards the future, regardless of the, uh, you know, all-star caliber quarterback you have right now in Matt Nichols. And that's finding those young prospects and developing a player um, from a college prospect into a professional. Is there a uh, a quality or a, a certain skill or two that you really try to focus on in finding somebody who can change from a very different style of football in the United States to here in Canada at a, at a position that's so important in the CFL.
2: Sure, and I mean you're talking about, in my opinion, the most position, uh, the most uh, important position in, in all sports. You know, finding quarterbacks is number one, extremely hard. Uh, it's hard to find them. You know, it's something that you have to have input from everybody on. Um, somebody that we, we take a lot of input in on the offense is, is Paul LaPolice. Uh Paul has some very strict guidelines that you want to look at in the quarterback and some baseline things that, that we all agree with. Um, the biggest things for me is there's going to be three things. It's going to be accuracy, decision-making, and leadership. If you can find a quarterback that has those traits, it doesn't matter what kind of system they came from. Um, you're going to look at all those factors. Uh, you're going to talk to the coaching staff. Everybody's going to look at the film. You're going to break it down, and you're going to make the best decision with the information that you have available.
0: Ryan, this was great. Really appreciate the time. Thanks for this, and uh, have a great 2018. Yeah. That's Ryan Rigmade, and the Blue Bombers director of college scouting, joining us on CFL 60. He was a busy man this offseason, and uh, still lots of work to do in the continual search for talent on this Winnipeg Blue Bombers team. Still to come, you don't want to miss this. Jason Moss, head coach of the Edmonton Eskimos, earlier today gave his perspective and the unique challenges on facing a rookie starting quarterback. There's not a lot of film on Chris Streveler Let's hear from the Edmonton Eskimos head coach next. This is CFL 60, brought to you by Fat Panda Vape Shops. We are live on TSN 1290. Welcome back inside CFL 60, live on TSN 1290. Just a matter of hours until the 2018 season kicks off. The Edmonton Eskimos landed in Winnipeg this afternoon. Spoke to head coach Jason Moss. Good friends with head coach Mike O'Shea. He joked... Pretty good playing against uh, your good buddy, but it doesn't feel as good as beating them. So it's going to be a fun game between Moss and O'Shea and their respective football clubs. Uh, Moss talked about the uh, additions and changes to this Blue Bombers team roster-wise, but it's week one. You don't know until you start playing the games for real. And he also talked about the unique challenges in facing a rookie quarterback. Chris Streveler gets the start for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers Thursday night. Here is Edmonton Eskimos head coach Jason Moss.
5: I mean, I don't think we'll all see until game time tomorrow what new changes are. I mean, it seemed through the preseason we're pretty status quo to what we saw last year. I think they've just added some really good additions uh, to their team personnel-wise, um, on top of already a, whatever a 13-win team from last year. So you know, i playoff team. So anytime you can keep some continuity on all three phases and uh, and just welcome, you know, and you know an all-star in big hill let's just say i mean that's pretty good you know you add a fenner as a nickel i mean that's pretty good so you know i I look at their team and it just feels like they got better and so i know the challenges they they present obviously they're starting a rookie quarterback and um you know it's not going to exactly be matt nichols back there but that's also a challenge because you don't know a whole lot about the current quarterback so um you know that could lend in his favor and uh, it's going to be our jobs to to uh, play our defense the way it's meant to be played, be sound fundamentally, and just uh, go out there, see what you see, and, and hit it and, and play fast, and that's what we're looking forward to doing. You know, a former quarterback yourself, What you already mentioned, but what are those unique challenges of not seeing much of a guy besides college stuff where he, he ran no huddle for both years? Yeah, I mean, you just don't know what his, uh, I guess... Uh, You don't know what he's going to be really good at or really bad at. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, is he great at looking guys off? Is he good at reading coverages? Is he, obviously, we know he can run. I mean, that's been, you know, shown to us already, and we know what kind of athlete he is, but what type of throws is he accustomed to making? Um, You know, those are little things. Um, How he deals with pockets and um, how easy it is to fluster him or flush him. After you get six or seven games on a guy, you can kind of tell some things, but Start and you've seen him play a limited amount of reps in two preseason games. I mean, you don't know what to expect. I just, and the other thing is, he's got a different skill set than Matt has. And I know Lapo's a smart coordinator. So if they've known for a week that he's been going to be the starter, maybe they've come up and changed their their offense a little bit. They've got weapons all over, so they've got guys that are capable of of uh, doing different things. So if you got a quarterback out there that's a little bit more mobile that you want to help a little bit and ease him into some things, then maybe they change some things. So that presents a challenge, um, you know and. Again, everybody, I mean, I, I, my experience, you know, a long time ago was when Ricky had his first start. It was only four or five games into a season, and he didn't look like he was a rookie either. So, you know, that's why our team's not worried that he's a rookie. We're, we're focused more on the Blue Bombers and knowing that there's other, 43 other guys playing in that game uh, that we have to worry about as well and the, and the team. So we're not worried so much about one guy, and that, the play of him will, will, uh, you know, will be shown as the game goes on.
3: Can you imagine, not to
5: harp on that book, can you yep. imagine doing that? For yourself a former college league coming in straight out of yeah, college I mean, and
3: being given the, yeah, the was, controls?
5: Yeah, exactly. I was asked the question earlier and I mean to think about all the young quarterbacks that we've seen for the last 24 years in the CFL because there's a lot of great ones that have played that have been young. The fact that he's the first one that's coming straight out of college to do it is a little surprising but I think it also works in his benefit. I mean he's used to starting. He's used to playing. It's not like he was a backup in college and he's this is the first time he started a game. Maybe it's better for him. He comes in and he gets a start and kind of old hat for him you know it's just a different game a different uh you know uh it's pro ball it's a little different that in that aspect but it starts to start and you know the guys guys that have started a lot of games that's kind of what they're used to um you know i I think that'll be a comforting thing for him and then football's football so i mean he's been successful obviously where he's been that's why he had the opportunity to come here and the coaches obviously saw something in in the two or three weeks that they've had him plus many camp that they're anointing him the starter. So, you know, that should lend confidence in him. And I know they got a great team. So, you know, he's not got to do it all by himself. And, uh, you know, so I'm sure he's being preached that and uh, understands that. And, you know, like I said, at the end of the day, you know, it's team versus team, not one individual versus everybody.
0: That's Edmonton Eskimo's head coach, Jason Moss, on facing Chris Streveler, who will make his first pro start Thursday night for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Want to give a big up to my man, Chris Curry, on the ones and twos here at TSN 1290 headquarters. And a big thank you goes out to our title sponsor, Fat Panda Vape Shops, a uh, brand new title sponsor this season. I've got to give a shout out to my good friends at the Silver Heights restaurant. Go see Tony and the crew. They're the best. We'll see you at the Heights. Thanks to my guests tonight, Sarah Orleski and Ryan Rigmaiden for joining me. If you missed any of the show, you can catch the podcast on tsn1290.ca or search CFL 60 on iTunes and SoundCloud. The 2018 CFL season kicks off in just a matter of hours, and we'll be here with you all the way through Grey Cup 106 in Edmonton. We'll be back here on TSN 1290 every Wednesday night at 6 All season long. This has been CFL 60. I'm Darren Bombing. Enjoy the games.